Hey, I'm Sam. Hi, I'm Ashley. And you're listening to All Bodies, All Foods, presented by the Renfrew Center for Eating Disorders. We want to create a space for all bodies to come together authentically and purposefully to discuss various areas that impact us on a cultural and relational level. We believe that all bodies and all foods are welcome. We would love for you to join us on this journey. Let's learn together. All right. Hello. Hello. Hey, Sam. How are you? Hi, Ashley. I'm great. Good. Here we are. Season two. Here we are, everybody. We're back. It's season two, and we are so excited. Um, Thank you so much for joining us again. Um, We just had an incredible time really recording and talking to everyone on season one, and we wanted to bring it back. (laughs) Yes. We're back again with a great lineup, I must say. We have some incredible guests that are going to join us this season. Um, And we cannot wait, um, yeah, to kind of get rolling. So thank you all for uh, being with us again. And today um, we're going to cover social media and mental health, Um, maybe bring in some body image concerns, kind of talk about all of that. Um, Sam, you actually presented at this past year's Renfrew conference um, on this particular topic. And I would love um, if you could just open us up today and and maybe share um, some of what you've learned um, with your research. Yeah. So um, I've presented on this a few times. Yeah. So at the Renfrew conference in 2022, yeah. And I also presented on this at the Renfrew conference in 2021. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, a, so it's, it, it's important. <laughs> it really is. And well, yeah. um, it, it was interesting to me. I, I wasn't sure how mm-hmm. many clinicians, dietitians, um, or mental health providers would even be interested in hearing yeah. about social media and eating disorders and body image. But it was so well attended, it kind of shocked me. And yeah, I I think it just goes to show um, how much people do want to learn about the ways in which social media impacts their clients, especially clients who are in recovery or struggle with body image. Um, But even how social media affects ourselves. Yes. Because yeah, it's not just, I mean, it's, it's really about all of us. It's not just about how social media impacts our clients, but we all know social media has an impact on so many areas of our lives. We're all on it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's really, it's well, most really, of us anyway, I should say. Most of us. Yeah. It's yeah. really though a part of, a part of our identity. I feel like as, as our culture, as humans, um, right. I mean, I feel like we all know if we're not on it, we at least know multiple, multiple, multiple people who are on social media. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Well, what are you on, Ashley? So currently (laughs) I am on Facebook and Instagram and I will say I do, I do have a TikTok, but it's, you know, I don't really know TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you just kind of scroll around there a little bit. Kind of scroll through it, do that, do the Instagram reels. I love to watch stuff with puppies. <laughs> well, um, who doesn't? I know, right? right. Who? Yeah. You know, back in the day, I had a Twitter. 
I had, Sam, do you remember this? I'm going to date myself for a moment, but I had a MySpace. Oh, yeah, so did I. Oh, the so OG social media. Oh, actually, you would have been in my top eight back then. For sure. I know. Our top, your top eight with your song that was playing in the background as everybody oh. read through your profile. It was a full sensory experience. It really was. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I'm ashamed to say, but there's part of me that misses MySpace on that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think it's still around for some people. I think so. I don't no, know. I, I don't think know. it's gone. I yeah. I'm not sure. I'd have to look into that. I know. But I was gonna I say I want to check my old handle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've been on MySpace in, in quite some time, but um yeah. yeah, but I am on I'm on Facebook also. That was like the first thing I yeah. ever yeah. got on, like back in oh my gosh, I think it was like two thousand six or two thousand seven. Oh, got yeah. on Facebook and and then Instagram. Yeah. And and now I'm on TikTok and mm-hmm. um that probably takes up most of my time because you know yeah. as you know I run Renfrew's TikTok account putting yeah. out mental health content. So I'm on there. Of course I look around and um so I I'm I'm using it as sort of like an audience member but then I'm also creating content which is right. really right. two different experiences. Yes. But I think there are pros and cons to both sides of whether yeah. you're just kind of like passively scrolling or if you're act- actively yeah. putting content out there. Yeah. There's like a whole set of stressors that I think come along with each of those things. Yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um so so yeah, so I presented on this and it was the topic was social media literacy and eating disorder recovery. That was my first presentation. And then my second presentation was more about just the impact of social media on um, eating disorders, disordered eating eating and body image. And I did a lot of research. Um, I didn't conduct my own research, but I sort of did a deep dive into the research that's out there. And I really wanted the most recent stuff I could find um, about specifically about Instagram and TikTok, because Right okay. now, TikTok is the biggest, yeah. fastest growing app out there. So yeah. if you are a mental health provider and you're working with adolescents, teens, yeah. I strongly believe that you need to at least understand TikTok. You need to understand the lingo yeah. or your client's going to look at you like you have two heads <laughs> because, <laughs> because we, you have to talk about this in session. Yeah. If well, you're it's not almost talking like, about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's almost like it's a rite of passage for a young person to like finally get, you know, their Instagram, their TikTok, their, yeah. their phone with the apps on it. Right. And so mm-hmm. you, I think exactly what you're saying, like you have to know this language and this lingo, especially if you're working with young people, um, because it's, it really is a part of their identity. Yeah. I, I think, um, well, first of all, I mean, we what we do know, adolescents and teens are spending a lot of time on social media. Yeah. And I think that ever since, well, I think the pandemic made that worse for sure. Yeah. But this is how people are communicating. It's how they're expressing themselves. It's how they're killing yeah. time when they're bored. Yeah. It's how they're getting information. Yeah. I mean, we, I'm sure many of you out there listening have heard about teenagers you know, going on TikTok and self-diagnosing 
you know, yeah. saying like, oh, I think I have borderline personality disorder, or I think I have yeah. ADHD. And there yeah. was like a f- influx of people wanting to be assessed for all yeah. of these different conditions. And it's, it's good in a way. I mean, creating yeah. awareness is a good thing, yeah. but I think also it was creating a lot of anxiety and you really can't, you can't diagnose yourself to begin with, but, um, you know, but you certainly can't do it in a 30 second (laughs) TikTok video when, you know, they share these warning signs and, um, you know, there's so much overlap in mental health, you know, whether it's trauma or anxiety or depression or eating disorders. So, it was kind of confusing, I think, for everyone out there. And mm-hmm. I think it's important for providers to have conversations with their clients about what are you seeing online? Well, first of all, what apps are you even on? Yeah. Are you just on them as like user 32566? Or are you on there with your name creating content? Yeah. Because yeah. those are two different experiences. Yeah. Um. So one of the things I I taught in my workshop was helping clinicians know the lingo. So it's like, do you know what an FYP is? You know, it's your for you page on TikTok where you're getting fed videos that the algorithm thinks you would watch. Right. Yeah. And, And so here's the thing with TikTok and which is which I think is has been different from Facebook, certainly, and, and different from Instagram um, before Reels, of course. But yeah, um, when you're on TikTok, you know, you might be following. Let's say you follow a hundred people, mm-hmm. and they're your friends and mm-hmm. family, or who you know, whatever. And um, you're friends with them, and you're going to see their videos. However, mm-hmm. the for you page is going to show you content from strangers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Big yes. creators, small creators, might be people you know, might be famous people, like who knows. But that algorithm is learning your behaviors right, and using that to right. feed you the kind of content they think you're going to engage with. Right. And no one really understands the algorithm. It's like, there are theories about mm-hmm. things that matter to the algorithm, but mm-hmm. what we think is true is that you know the videos that you or your client are mm-hmm. watching the whole way through, the videos that you're commenting on, the videos you're sharing and saving, um, the v- people that you follow, yeah. um, anything like that, the algorithm will pay attention to, and then it will be sure that you see content just like that in the future. So even if you are commenting something on a video because you disagree with it, you know, let's say you go on a video and you're like, this is disordered eating. This is not healthy. Yeah. The algorithm doesn't really care that you don't like it. It cares that you're commenting on it. I see. I see. Right. And because what the app cares about is are you engaging with this content? Are you spending time on this platform? Right. What are right. the types of videos that are going to keep you here longer, keep you typing, keep you scrolling, keep you engaged? And so you might see that you end up seeing content just like that over and over again. 
because mm-hmm. the algorithm knows you. Right. And it, it knows it's going to rile you up. And so, yeah. so I think it's important for clinicians to understand the For You page and understand the content that is coming up because some of it, yes, obviously is really harmful if you have an eating disorder or you have body image issues. Like obviously, you know, folks who are putting out what I eat in a day videos, folks who are, you know, encouraging each other to engage in disordered behaviors. Like, yes. But there are not so obvious, subtle ways that social media can really mess with us. Mm. And you might not know it, your client might not know it, but if you have that information, you can help your clients engage with social mm-hmm. media differently. Mm-hmm. So just like give you an example, you know, I, you know, I think, well, first of all, there's so many filters and editing apps out there. Right. Right. And so I, many I have to say that- in general, that is super surprising to me. I just oh, didn't yeah. realize the amount of, right, of, of editing that happens continuously, I guess. I was at a concert the other night and I saw somebody pull up their phone. I was sitting behind them and they were taking a video of the show, um, but they pulled it up through an app I had never seen before, you know, and they changed the filter before they even started recording. And it was just, I just was so, I don't know. It was just so shocking to me a little bit that yes, those filters like constantly seeing things through a different lens or a filtered lens is available. I mean, almost everywhere it feels like. Oh, a hundred percent. And these filters are built right into the apps. So you don't even have to go to a different app to activate a filter. So I think, you know, back in the days of Instagram, filters were more just like, oh, let me change like the hue or the color of this, or let me make this look retro or something like that. But with TikTok now, I mean, it's like AI is working overtime because you can change your entire face. Yeah. Literally. Like they have these filters that are so realistic that it's like, oh, see what you look like, see what you would look like if you had Kylie Jenner's face, right? Right. Yeah. Or here, um, here's an app to look tan with makeup on. And yeah. you literally cannot tell that, I mean, mm-hmm. for many of them, I mean, some of you can, yeah. some of them you can, but for some of them, it looks so realistic until you look in the little, you know, in the left hand bottom corner, you see that they used a little filter. It's so little, but when you look there, you can say to yourself, oh, they used a filter and then it gives you the option that you could try it if you want, just with gotcha. a clip. Like yeah. you like that, per- that person's face, you can try it on your own face. And so these, so these filters are one thing, but then also there's editing apps yeah. Like Facetune and things like that, where you can smooth out your skin, you can you know change the um, size of your face, you can make your yeah. eyes bigger, you can do all this stuff. And the research that I came across, it was you know I was yeah. really curious about you know it, are these behaviors harmful when we're messing with a picture of ourselves? Yes. And yeah. there was a study by Wick and Keel in 2020. Okay. 
And okay. what they found was posting edited photos. So when you edit yourself mm-hmm. and then you post mm-hmm. it online, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it in their subjects resulted in increased anxiety mm-hmm. and increased shape and weight concerns. And not mm-hmm. only that, it reinforced urges to exercise and restrict. And wow. it's like, how yeah. is it that doing that yeah. affects all those things? But it does. It it kind of makes sense when you think about it because you're, I mean, ultimately you're sending yourself the message that you're not good enough. Right. Well, you have to, you, exactly. You have to fix yourself, right? You've got to, you've got to like enhance yourself and right. then you put it out there and then you know, I mean, I understand that then you could be like, oh, well, did this person like it? Do they like it? Do they like it? Do they yes. like it? Right? And so you right. you keep checking back for those likes. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can totally understand um, where that increased anxiety would come from. Oh, yeah. And, well, and, and body image concerns. Totally. And it's, it is the most powerful reinforcement schedule, intermittent reinforcement, where it's yeah. like you look at the app, you have some likes, then you wait for a minute, and then you get another notification, yeah. and then you get some more li- and then and then you check again and you see some comments. So it's like it's 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 as powerful as like gambling, you know. It's oh, that yeah. it has that really powerful reinforcing quality where yeah. you're getting these hits of dopamine, yeah. Yeah. you know, over and over again in an intermittent way. And so um, one of the most interesting things about this study to me, yeah. and this, I, I really encourage providers to share this with their clients. Yeah. Because just like you said, Ashley, it's like, why do people do this? Why, why does anyone do this if we know that it's going to make us feel bad? Well, yeah. there's a hope that you're going to like you're going to get likes and comments on it. Right? right? Mm-hmm. And so in this study they found that actually there was no evidence that posting an edited photo actually resulted in more likes and comments. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the belief that drives the behavior. Right. It's like right. I'm not good enough. Let me fix myself and that way I'll be more accepted, I'll be liked and I'll get more engagement on my photo. Right, right. But exactly. and granted, like this is one study, we can't make broad conclusions from right. only one study, mm-hmm. but it's interesting that that's mm-hmm. what they found. Mm-hmm. So as an experiment to encourage your clients to post a photo as is just to yeah. see what happens. Yeah. And I, you know, I really do think, and, and I hope this is true, but it seems like, especially with TikTok and Gen Z, yeah. it seems like things are shifting mm-hmm. where it's way more cool to yeah. just post yourself as is, oh, hair a mess, yes. completely undone, like yes. in bed, like yeah. brushing your teeth, whatever. And yeah. And it's, I think people are just getting sick of these, like the picture perfect days of Instagram where it's like the whole feed even had like its own color scheme. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like this perfect grid and it's like, oh my gosh, like, how do you even do that? (laughs) You need like some kind of software to do that. Yeah. But I think people are just getting sick of it. Yeah. 
which I have a, I kind of have a funny story about that, Sam. Um, so this, I guess last year, so I think you probably know this in February, every year there is national eating disorder association week, need a week, we call it, um, where we bring awareness to eating disorders. Um, and at Renfrew specifically, we partner with a lot of our local colleges and universities. And so this, past year in 2022's need a week um i went to a bunch of different local colleges and universities and did some talking circles and so connected with with some of their students specifically on social media and the yes. impact it has in our culture and i do want to say this too when in talking about this we're like there's an impact. It's not just negative. It's not just positive, right? It's just, we, it's just there, right? It can be, it can be all of the above really. Um, and so anyway, like I had some really great conversations with some students and then I went to this one school and had some, had some other providers come along with me. And I'm telling you this, thinking about Gen Z, I had some other providers come along with me and the students showed up and we had this great, there were probably like 15 of us in there and we were just having really good conversations. And yeah. we, I kind of asked the students at one point, so what social media are you on? Or what, you know, like, let's talk about filters because we were talking about this. Can yeah. we, can we do filters for fun and not to necessarily like change ourselves or change things? Every single student in that circle answered that they did not have social media anymore. <laughs> really? They didn't, they didn't have an Instagram. They didn't have a TikTok for their own, for their well-being. I, and I don't necessarily think they were all friends, but e- each one of those students had decided to not engage in that. Amazing. Thinking about, I know, just kind of, again, just kind of thinking about being being their natural selves, being present, just being who they are, they had yeah. chosen to not engage. And I was like, well, I hope we can have a good conversation yes. about stuff. You know, it was yes. it was so interesting to me. That um, is fascinating. And that, yeah. you know, really could be the way things are shifting. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. And at the same time, then you look at stats like TikTok being the, the fastest growing app. Right. Right. So right. there definitely are folks that are still on it and will probably be on it for quite some time, but oh, that sure. is refreshing. Sure. Yeah. That, <laughs> how, how shocking. You think you're going to be having a conversation about filters and they're not even on it. So right. that's, a, that's, that's really what we kind of went in yeah, yeah. doing. But yeah. anyway, I thought that was yeah. kind of fun. Yes. Yes. So um, yeah, there's this new app. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Be Real. Okay. And this is like the new thing. Okay. This is so new actually that I didn't even put it in my presentation because I'm just sort of learning about it. But Be Real is a new app where it gives you a notification and you have two minutes, I think, to quick post a picture of whatever you're doing. No filter, no editing, nothing. And it's a shot of your face and then a shot of whatever you're looking at. Oh, and it's called be real because you just have to post whatever you're really doing. Like no matter if you're on the couch watching, you know, uh, reality TV, like that's what you have to post and you just are real about it. So I'm hoping that there is going to be a shift 
on, not only on these platforms, but the types of apps that are are getting put out there that yeah. just that things are just more accurately representing yeah. what we really look like and what we're yeah. actually doing. Yes. And that we're not always looking at these filtered um you know, images of yeah. people doing these amazing things um, yeah. and perpetuating all kinds of oppressive systems. You know, it's sort of like the really popular influencers were really all looking the exact same. They were even wearing yeah. all the same outfits and going to the same places. And right. I think people are just wanting, you know, representation and just a more realistic view of what the world actually looks like mm-hmm. body yeah. sizes skin color everything genders so you know one of the things i always encourage my clients to do is make sure that your feed has lots of diversity so that it reflects what the world actually looks like yeah and yes, I love yeah, that. yeah to pay attention to like who are you following like let's just take some inventory here. Like, who are you following? What do they look like? Are they all the same size? Mm -hmm. You know, are they all the same race? Are they all the same gender? Like let's diversify things so that it's just closer to what the world actually is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I think social media literacy is so important that helping our clients see like what's actually feeding their eating disorder, what's feeding their body image, not only what they're seeing, but what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. On these apps. Yeah. So anyway, I could probably talk for hours about I was gonna say, well, and just yeah, what's feeding the eating disorder, what's feeding the body image, but also I think you can also say what's feeding that piece of anxiety as well. I mean I I I think there are some incredibly wonderful aspects of social media. And, mm-hmm. and again, we, we have kind of highlighted some of the more challenging aspects of social media, but simply knowing what you're saying basically is to providers or to, to those that are getting support, know what you're following and know why you're following, you know, um, right. and know, know the impacts that social media can have on us. Um, maybe, maybe turn the notifications off, right? Mm -hmm. Um, don't let them buzz on your phone. Um, turn them off. Um, maybe turn comments off when you were, when you were talking about the FYP, the for you page on TikTok, it was just getting me thinking like, so on Instagram, typically the people that sees your posts, I guess if you're, if you're public, anybody can kind of see the posts if you, um, add a certain hashtag or whatever, but on TikTok with, with anyone kind of being given your information, you know, if, if that's part of the algorithm, anybody then is allowed to comment. Right. Um, yeah. And that means those comments can come from, and they can be positive and negative, and they can come from literally anyone across the world. Oh, yeah. um, so knowing <laughs> the impact that that might have on us as well, because yeah. um, I, I mean that I'm even feeling anxious thinking about that, that somebody could post, that I might post something, somebody doesn't like it, and they might say something negative. 
how long will that sit with me then, Sam? You know, like that would sit with us for so long. And, and maybe we try to correct that or fix that by posting something else, you know, and I don't know, I, there can just be this, this endless cycle of, of maybe some seeking some validation, you know, or totally um, trying to get some needs met. And again, on the same token, there can also be some really incredible things coming out of it. And I'm sure you'll talk about that too, but I just, I have one more story. Um, I was talking to a friend about social media and about um, kind of some positives that have come out of her life because of social media. Mm -hmm. And she's, that activist. And one of the first things that she started doing was diversifying her feed. Um, and she also, it was also important for her to see people um, in bodies like hers, yes. right? So yes. she could see them living their life in bodies like hers. And mm-hmm. the first time, so she lives in a larger body. The first time she wore a crop top was because she saw somebody on Instagram wear a mm. crop top in their body. And it felt so good for her to see that. And so encouraging that she then engaged in that really, you know, like positive, encouraging behavior for herself and did something, I guess, originally that had been out of her comfort zone. So all that to say, it can also be such a beautiful platform as well. You know, Oh, absolutely. It, it, and I wouldn't be on it creating content if I didn't feel like absolutely you know, there, there are good parts of social media. Um, but yeah, there, there are, so just to give you an, some examples of the way I think social media has been helpful to folks that I found in, in the research, um, you know, it can be a place to be creative. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are people, there are such amazing talent. Sometimes I'll come across on TikTok of, you know, people who sing, people who play the piano. And these are people who maybe wouldn't normally have access to an agent or, you know, have the opportunity to really get their music out there. And these folks are going viral and it's creating opportunities. I mean, it's really, it's amazing. And so creativity and self-expression, I think, can really be such a beautiful thing on social media and just it's sort of a more equal playing ground for folks it's like you don't have to be famous anymore on these platforms to go viral right it's exactly. kind of amazing you, know, you don't even yeah. need to have a lot of followers to go viral like anyone yeah. can really theoretically go viral even if you have 10 mm-hmm. followers it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter so that's a really cool thing and i think that also there's so many folks out there who are destigmatizing mental health, talking yes. openly. There are therapists yes. on TikTok and Instagram who share their own struggles, who are yeah. really open about the fact like I'm a therapist in therapy or I'm a therapist on medication and there's no shame in this. Yeah. And it's that sort of self-disclosure that I think for a long time we were taught as clinicians, like, you must be a blank slate. Like, don't you dare right, share anything right. about yourself. Yeah. But I think 
of course, we all know that there's a certain amount of self-disclosure that can be so healing and helpful for people. And there are therapists sharing with the world that like, guess what? I'm a therapist and I have depression and that's okay. And I have my own therapist and my therapist has their own therapist, you know? (laughs) And and here's what I do to take care of myself. And here's what I struggle with. And just sort of the, the reminder that we're all human. There's no shame in mental health and we all deserve to get the support that we need. And I think also accessibility is such a major issue. Yeah, You know, people can't get appointments with therapists, psychiatrists, their insurance doesn't cover what they needed to cover. And TikTok especially can be a place where people can get tips and tools for free. Grounding skills, you know, ways to regulate the nervous system. You know, people who are really needing some support and guidance. I mean, there are kids out there who maybe their parents won't even let them go to therapy, but maybe they're allowed to have a TikTok and they can follow some qualified mental health providers who are sharing tips and tools. There's even a hashtag like therapy tips, hashtag therapy tools. I think the tricky thing is making sure that you're following people that are actually qualified, licensed mental health providers and who are on the platform's ethically, you know, who who are doing things in an ethical way and um, are not overstepping. And so, you know, there's some gray area there because I know there are folks on there giving like psychology tips and it's like, they're not even, they Mm -hmm. don't even have a degree in psychology or, you know, they're just out there saying that, oh, this is a psychology fact. And it's, and I'm thinking, no, it's not, but (laughs) in a really convincing way, uh, you know, so, um, but that's the tricky thing. I think it's important to do your research, make sure who who you're following, like actually has like a website actually has, you know, a license and they're, you know, and, and they're out there actually practicing as a mental health provider. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and probably some of us really could, could benefit from doing a deep dive on our current following feed, you know, those that we're following and, and maybe checking that out, um, maybe making sure that everybody is a qualified provider. Um, yeah. Especially I think with folks who are giving advice about food, it's everywhere. Yes. Personal trainers, you know, fitness fanatics. And I all, you know, I, I, in my media literacy workshops and in my work as a psychologist, I remind people, registered diet, not only registered dietitians or the folks you need to be looking for, but anti-diet yes. registered dietitians. It's like we have to really niche down here when yes. we're talking about eating disorder recovery. Yeah. And, um, you know, unfortunately, there are so many folks on social media who are sharing what I eat in a day or just diet tips and yes, or just demonizing food groups. And, um, you know, this, you know, this is what worked for me. Maybe it'll work for you. And, and and the implication of course is, you know, if you, if you eat like me, you're going to look like me. And, uh, and we know that's not true, but yes, I I think especially when it comes to food, we need to be very careful about where we're getting our information from. Yeah. It can be really that's confusing. A great, that's a great tip, Sam. That's a great tip. 
Yeah. I, um, so also just a little more about the way social media can help. Um, there are lots of folks who create recovery accounts that I think mm-hmm. are not only informative, but inspirational. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, just showing everyone that recovery is possible and that, you know, it gets easier. You're not always going to feel mm-hmm. so hopeless or it's mm-hmm. not always going to feel so hard. And so there are some really good accounts out there that, mm-hmm. you know, help folks who are maybe in the beginning stages of recovery and it sort of mm-hmm. gives them a peek into what life could be like. So yeah. that's a really cool thing to see. But then of course, media literacy is so important because you don't want to be following a recovery count that's sharing before and after photos or that is saying, right. this is what I eat in a day in recovery. Those are those can be really harmful messages when you know mm. someone is looking for an account to give them some guidance and give them some hope. And it's important that as clinicians, we're helping our clients be more aware of mm. what's actually helping and what might actually be hurting unwittingly. Like you might not even realize the ways in which something might be strengthening your mm-hmm. eating disorder or worsening your body image. Yeah. So, and that's subtle, you know, because there's some posts, especially like before and after photos where, you know, it's a really, I mean, I think that there's good intention. You know, the person is saying, look where I was back five years ago and look where I am now and look how much happier I look, look look how healthy I look. And at the same time, then it it really reduces eating disorders to just size and weight and appearance. Correct. And everybody's different. Every recovery story is different and it can be dangerous to start comparing in those ways. Right. So media literacy is about being able to think critically about the accounts that you're following. You know, is this account actually benefiting me yeah. or is it hurting me in ways that I didn't realize? Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. So to, to go back to what you were saying before, Ashley, about comments, mm-hmm. you know, and how hard it can be to get negative comments. Yeah. But I just also want to point out how hard it can be when you see a post and then maybe you go into the comments to read Oh yeah. what people wrote. Like, what does the yeah. public think about this yeah. person? And that can be yeah. really damaging as well. So I point out to folks that it's not only the comments you get on your post, but how much time are you are you spending in the comment section of other videos mm-hmm. or other pictures? Mm-hmm. Sometimes on social media, I feel like as far as comments, people just let them fly, you know? Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. mean, just completely emotion-driven behavior. It's like no yes. filter, just... You know, and, and and the anonymous sort of identity of being behind right. a computer screen with right. a username of like only numbers. Right. It's some you know, it might be something you'd never say to the person's face, but somehow right. there are folks out there who conjure up the courage to say it online as if it's right. not gonna be as hurtful. Right. Um but it's well, so painful. Well, with- 
I was going to say with what you're saying, that kind of in anonymity piece, like Mm -hmm. um, being able to say something maybe without a consequence. Um, Yeah. And it Mm. can be so painful and seeing what other people are saying about other people. You know, I mean, that can be, that can be just as hard. I mean, you're, you're saying that and I'm thinking Mm -hmm. I've definitely clicked in comments just to kind of see what this is about, you know, and just to check it out, see what people are saying. Right. And so there was a 2018 study, um, Tigeman and Barbado. I hope I'm saying that right. But Mm -hmm. I read a study, um, by them. So the study was they viewed an image, um, of someone and there was a brief positive comment about the person's appearance. Like, you look amazing or I love your body or something like that. Right. And what they found was people who viewed comments about appearance Mm -hmm. resulted in greater body dissatisfaction. So even when it's not even about their own body, you know, just seeing someone else comment positively about someone else's body has Mm -hmm a negative impact on our Mm -hmm. body image. Mm -hmm. And so the the control in the study was the other group of folks, the comment was just about the place that the person was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, I, I love, you know, um, Italy Mm -hmm. or, you know, so happy to see you visited Tennessee. Right. And so it was right. a place-related comment, and and those comments did not impact body image um, naturally. Wow. But right. isn't that interesting? So it's like even wow. seeing compliments online mm-hmm. directed at someone else has mm-hmm. has that has that power to mm. impact our our body image. And um, how many comments online are about people's bodies? Right. Oh, that, so many. So many. <laughs> So many. Oh, sure. There's that, like whole hashtags, hashtag body goals, right, you know, things right. like that, that are just wow. what, it, you know, our culture is just so obsessed. Obsessed. Obsessed with, with the body. With, with the body. Yeah. Especially wow. historically women, the body of women. Um, yeah. But generally speaking, gender aside, it's, it's, um, there's such an, an obsession with appearance and yeah. of course healthism, you know, this idea yeah. that, Oh, if you if yeah. you look a certain way, you'll automatically be a healthier version of yourself, right. which we right. know is not true, but right. that's this core belief that this culture latches onto that yeah. if you're thinner or your body looks a certain way, that automatically means you have become a healthier version of you. Right. Right. And there's no way to know that. Yeah. And I say this probably in every interview I've ever done. I say it so much that I'm like sick of hearing myself say it, but I have to say (laughs) it over and over again um, that it's, it's one of the biggest myths in our, in our culture. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it absolutely is. But it, but yet it's still, I mean, it is because it's one of the biggest things that we hang on as a culture is that, that ideal body you know, right. look. Yeah. Right. 
Right. I, I'm thinking right now and just kind of about the last few things that we've talked about. And I super want to take a minute to say to our listeners, um, I want to encourage them to think about this as they engage in social media. And how could we provide support and encouragement to those that we love without commenting about their body? What else Mm -hmm. could we comment about on social media, right? Yeah. Look like you're having a great time. I hope you enjoy, you know? Yeah. What else could we say instead of, you look great or, you know, anything? Have you lost weight? Oh my gosh, you look amazing, right? Could we say something else? Yeah. I love Um, it. To be able to just take that pause like yeah. that instinct to be, to write, um, you look amazing. You look fantastic. Yeah. And to just experiment with shifting. Yeah. To me, I feel like just personally comment comments, whether it's online or in real life that, you know, when my friends say to me, I am so happy to see you. Mm-hmm. That is so much more meaningful and has mm. so much more depth then mm-hmm. you look great. Let's remember that. Yeah, because I mean, think about it when somebody says to you, you look great. Like, I mean, sometimes if we're not in a good space right then, what might we think? Oh, right. well, did I not look great the last time? <laughs> yeah, you didn't say <laughs> like the next time we met. <laughs> right? The next time I see them, oh, I gotta, I gotta look great. You know, like, and then right. increase that, that body image concern and awareness. Yeah. Totally. But it's totally. so great to see you. I yeah. love spending time with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, I have so much fun when we're together. Right. right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and those are the the comments, the interactions that deepen your relationship rather than yeah. I think, you know, it's it's I don't want to shame anyone if if you're giving compliments to your friends because I just think that's what we've been taught to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels natural. It almost feels like the right thing to say, you know, when you see yeah. a friend you haven't seen in a while, oh, you look amazing. And I think it it definitely takes effort to shift that kind of those habits. Yeah. It's not that easy. And it might even feel like you're not doing it right, like you're doing something wrong yeah. when you try something different. But it, I think it's worth experimenting with. Yeah. And I see, you You know, I tell my clients, like, you can never go wrong when you, when you own your own feelings. It's like, if you're happy mm-hmm. to see one, see someone or, you know, yeah. I've missed you so much. My heart feels like it's going to explode when I see your face. Yeah. Like, that is, nothing can compete with that kind, no. that kind of greeting. Right. That feels so right. good to the person saying it and the person receiving it, you know? It's a win-win. Yeah. It's a win-win. Yeah. It, of course, you want to say what's true for you if you don't actually feel that. Right, 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 right. Don't right. But you want to <laughs> pick a truth that, you know, yeah. pick something that's true for you Yeah. and make it authentic. Throw yeah. in a little vulnerability. And that's a recipe for a deeper connection. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. Sam, thank you so much. This has been just a really incredible start to our season. Oh, um, thank you, Ashley. I know this was fun and I'm so excited for season two. It's, I think it's only going to get better from here. 
Yes. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us again on All Bodies, All Foods. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope the the social media mental health piece, I hope it was helpful. I hope you picked up on some of the tips and tools that we shared throughout this. Um, feel free to check us out. We're, um, you know, we're streaming now. So subscribe, leave us reviews if you enjoyed things, um, share it with others, um, connect with us, you all. We, we want to hear from you. So speaking of social media, Sam, uh, we're on... <laughs> Yes. We're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And if you check us out on TikTok, you will see Sam's face there, um, often sharing many wonderful, just helpful tips and tricks and tools uh, for your mental health and your um, eating disorder recovery. So we're at Renfrew Center. So check us out on that stuff, you all. And and just again, thank you again for joining us for the start of season two. We hope you come back. Thank you for listening with us today on All Bodies, All Foods, presented by the Renfrew Center for Eating Disorders. We're looking forward to you joining us next time as we continue these conversations.